Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Man, I don't know about you, but I love Baptism Sunday. So many people love baptism. I mean, I love every Sunday, but I love, I love when people are going public with their faith. And so Joshua, just go on today and share, man, that was just awesome. And so we do them every month. And if you follow Jesus, you've not yet been baptized. It's actually not a suggestion. It's a command. And so I really want to encourage you. It's, it can be a little nerve-wracking sometimes. Some people are like, I don't want to get in a tank in front of people. And, but that's part of the point. It's stretching outside of your comfort zone. It's making a public commitment to Jesus. Because straight up, if we can't even get in a tank in front of a bunch of people are going to cheer us on, how are we going to stand for Christ out there? Amen. All right. So, so we'd love to have you get baptized and uh, just sign up. Let us know. We do it usually. I mean, every once in a while has to vary, but second Sunday of every month. If we have more people who want to get baptized, we have to start doing more baptisms. We'll do more baptisms. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do. So anyways, welcome. Good afternoon. If you've not met before, my name is Brendan Witten. I'm the lead pastor here at Toronto State Church, along with my amazing wife, who was out here ministering a little earlier, so you met her. I want to just remind you of several practical things, and we're going to spend a little bit of time in the Word. And then it's exciting. It's kind of a launch season, and we're going to share a little bit about connect groups at the end and some things that God's doing there. First off, we want to say a special welcome to any first time we have with us today. If you're here with us for the first time, yeah, we're usually this crazy. Maybe today was a little bit extra, but we love Jesus and we don't mind cheering about it. You know, tonight there's going to be a Super Bowl and there's a whole bunch of people who played thousands of dollars to stand in a stadium and scream and shout and jump. And, and I, I think that's great. If I was at the Super Bowl, I'd be doing that too. But I don't mind doing it when I'm with the people of God celebrating Jesus, amen? Because we're celebrating something even bigger than something like the Super Bowl. So we, we want to welcome you. Thank you for being here with us. Um, we're so glad you chose to join us. You could be many places today. You've chosen to be here. That means a lot to us. So here's what we want to ask. When we finish today, you're going to go out those back doors. If you wouldn't mind, just go across the lobby, go to the Connect Center. We have a team member there who would love to meet you greet you, get to know you a little better, answer any questions you have, and we have a small gift we want to give you. It's uh, not, no strings attached, nothing huge, but just something from us to say thank you for joining us. So if you want to go to the Connect Center, that would be great. We also do want to remind you that every week we have a Next Steps class that is at 11 a.m. So you just need to come a little early, and at the Next Steps class you can learn more about our history, how you can get involved, our vision here at Toronto City Church. It's just a great way to take a first step to get more plugged in and involved. So we want to let you know about that. Just sign up online. It runs every week. So we just want to make it, you know, uh, super connecting and available to everyone in doing that. A couple things I want to celebrate from this past week. We, first of all, foremost, had an amazing First Fruits offering. I'm still getting the final numbers, but come on, yeah, we can thank God for <coughs> the generosity of this church family. If you didn't get your First Fruits offering in yet, <coughs> and actually, can I grab someone just grab me a water? Uh, if you didn't get the first fruits in, you can still get it in. Just in whatever aspect we're giving, please just mark first fruits so we can clearly designate your offering for that. We're also really excited because this past week we had Alpha launch. And so Alpha started on Monday nights. Everybody say Monday nights. And Alpha, so they had an amazing time. A whole really awesome group was here. Thank you very much, Joshua. And, uh, and it was a really great uh, opportunity. But we want to let you know you can still get involved. And if you're not familiar with Alpha... Come together. We've got a meal for you. Then we just watch a talk that talks about one of the elements of Christianity. And you have an opportunity to share what you think. So even if you're here today or you're watching online, you're not even sure about Christianity. Alpha is for everybody. 
You don't have to believe this thing. You don't have to agree with everything. It's a place to talk and learn and explore. But also, if you're a younger believer and you just would love to dig a little deeper in your faith, Alpha can be a great place to do that as well. So that's every Monday night. You can still get involved. But we're also, uh, so we're, we're celebrating what God did there. But also looking at this week, the same guys who created Alpha created something called the Marriage Course. And so that's going to be running on Thursday nights. Paul and Victoria Martin, if you guys want to stand for a second, this good-looking couple right here, they're going to be helping lead it every second Thursday night, similar format. We're going to have some food, watch a video, and then you as a couple have opportunities to talk about things, opportunity to meet other couples. And so it's going to run every second Thursday. Again, there's no cost. Just come out, be connected, and be involved. And as I was jokingly telling first service, if you're married, you're welcome. If you're engaged, you're welcome. If you're dating Jesus, not for you right now. So... All right, so we got, you can come to Alpha. You and Jesus can come to Alpha, but not for that. But don't worry, I'm praying this year is a year of weddings in Jesus' name, and next year is a year of weddings in Jesus' name. So some of you just need to set your faith next year at this time. I will be going to that course uh, just in doing that. So we really want to encourage you in that. We're also launching connect groups, which I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about in my message, the end of my message. And our young adults are doing a social on Friday night, but you need to sign up by Wednesday. So if you're in between 18 to 30, just going to be uh, a fun food time and hang out, meet people, get connected. So that's happening. You can get all information for this online. And one last thing I want to ask if you can pray for uh, this week. We've, we talked last week just about how God's growing uh, what I'll call the apostolic reach of Toronto City Church. We're still building a healthy local church, but we're also looking for ways that God's opened doors to serve the broader body of Christ. So I'm going to quite regularly share different prayer requests with you guys, but also things that God's opening up or doing so we can be doing this together because we're all on the team, amen? We're all part of what's happening. So if you can actually pray for me this week. I have an opportunity to speak at the river. And so I'm going to be speaking at the river on Tuesday night. And... Uh, you know, I hate, I hate going for the easy messages, but it's the day before Valentine's Day. And so I'm going to be talking about love, marriage, and dating, and relationships. And I'm really tempted because it's probably like, you know, 1,500, 2,000 adults are there. I'm very tempted to tell them I've got a bunch of good-looking, godly, single people at my church. So if you're looking, come to my church. But then it may look like I'm trying to get people to come to my church. So I, I, I don't know. I'll find a way to kind of slide it in there or something like that. But, but seriously. Seriously, yeah, yeah, I'll go with the Holy Spirit. But seriously, pray for me. Uh, pray for me this week. Because it's not just me, right? It's not just me going to speak. To me, this is an extension of us. This is part of us as a church family being able to serve and make a greater impact. So let's get ready to jump into the Word of God. Let's pray. And uh, how are we doing? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get moving. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity I have to teach your Word. Father, I thank you and I pray today that I will teach your word simply, that everyone here will understand what I'm saying. Not only will they understand it, but they'll take it, they'll apply it in their life, and they'll get results. Father, I thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that is on the word, and that your Holy Spirit, you will move as this word is delivered, and that we will, we will not be just hearers, but we will be doers. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 5, 13 to 16. This was our core text last week, and we're continuing with this week. We're continuing our series, Build a City on a Hill. Now, as most of you be aware, but maybe some of you are not, God gave us a word for 2024. It's not the only word for 2024. It's not the only thing God's saying, but it's a very foundational word, and that word is build. Everybody say build. And so 2024 is a year to build. And let's go to Matthew 5, 13 and 16. It says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? 
It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Everybody say a city on a hill. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Come on, everybody, say it with me again. Say build. And so this month, we are continuing our focus on this whole concept of building and really setting the stage for where we believe God wants to continue to take us in 2024. We've been talking about build and what does this mean and that 2024 is a year, first and foremost, that God is calling us to construct or to assemble. It's a word for us corporately. It's also a word in our lives personally and that we're listening to the Lord. Lord, what are you calling me to construct this year? What are you calling me to assemble? To build also means to join together. This is not a year to try and do the Lone Ranger Christianity thing. This is a year to be joined together with those that God has called you to be joined together with. The devil loves to draw us and trick us into the lifestyle of isolation. It fits very well. We're in a city that can be very isolated. We're very busy. We commute. We've got to fight for connection and relationship. That's part of building. To build also means to establish we're thankful for all that God has done. We're not putting that to a side. We're going to continue to build on that. But we're also looking for what are new things that God is establishing. What is the God establishing in our lives and in our hearts? To build is also to increase. This is a year that God wants to increase. And he wants to increase in your life, increase in our church family. And it's also a year for us to strengthen, that God wants to strengthen us. And so it's a year to build in our lives personally and also to build corporately. Now last week, we started talking about being a city on a hill. And I shared with you some key distinctives, if I could call it that, of what we believe God is building. So we talked about God is building us as a strong, healthy local church, and we never want to lose that. That we're a family, that, we're, uh, uh, that God's called us together, but there's also, that's one wing, but there's another new wing that God, we believe in 2024, is really beginning to build in a new way. And that's the apostolic reach, or an apostolic outreach out of Toronto City Church. And that we're going to have both wings and soar into what God has for us. We also talk about the importance of, of connect groups and us joining together and how that's such an important part of who we are. And I'll be talking a little bit more about that near the end of my message. And then also we're talking about encounters. And the concept of encountering God, that this being a place of encounter, but also encounter weekends. So I just want to encourage you as well. We have encounter weekends for women and for men coming up in March. Ladies, it's just about sold out already. So if you want to get involved, you want to go online, and you want to make sure you sign up very quickly. Gentlemen, we still got some space. We're a little slower to the gun here, but that's okay. I kind of expected that. We will get all the men on this that God wants to be on it as well, and we got a little bit more time before we start. But we really encourage you in encounters. But today what I want to do is a real simple message, a simple word, but we're talking about building. Last week we spent a lot of time, you know, really focusing on the corporate. Today I want to zero a little bit more in on each one of our lives personally, and I want to talk to you about building a life of discipleship. Everybody say, build a life of discipleship. Let's look at Matthew 7, 24 to 27. And Matthew 7, 24 to 27 says this, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
Now, several things I want to pull very quickly from this passage as we begin to talk about building a life of discipleship. Number one, this passage is explicitly clear that we are called to build our lives on the rock. It compares two individuals who built, I can imagine, a very similar house. They built the same kind of house. Jesus did not say there was any distinction between the house that they built. I even wonder if the one who built the house on the sand, maybe their house was a little more grandiose because they had way more time because they didn't spend the time to build the foundation on the rock. But it was the one who built the house on the rock that stood. What is building our house on the rock? What is building this life of discipleship? In its essence, it's building a life where we hear the word and then we obey the word. Everybody say, hear the word. Everybody say, obey the word. Both those elements are very important. Sometimes we minimize the importance of hearing the word, but the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't obey a word you've never heard. And there's many Christians who don't spend enough time hearing the word. So they don't build their house on the rock because they don't even know what to obey because they're not even in the word. But then there is this element of not just being hearers, but being doers of the word. That's a big concept for building in 2024. That you and I would so prayerfully say, God, I want to do the word. I don't let me just hear the word and go, oh, that was a nice message. Oh, that was great. I want to be so determined about doing the word of God in 2024. Why? <coughs> Excuse me. Because that is how we build. Everybody say build. And so this in itself is the essence of discipleship. If we're going to talk about building a life of discipleship, it's building a life where we are building on the rock. And so let's dig into this concept of discipleship a little bit. Everybody say it with me again, discipleship. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, several things I want us to pull from this passage. First, I want to talk to us about the power of your final words. I think of this example as a parent. If Pastor Sharon and I are going out maybe on a date and we're leaving the kids at home and so Micah is older, so he's in charge and we're about to take off, we're about to go. I know my mom's shaking her head at me about Micah being in charge, but Micah's in charge. And so we're there and we are there. And so when we're going, and I, my wife especially, she's good at this. I'm like, okay, we're good. Leave. And she's like, no, we have to remind them of this. Remind them of that. Double check this. Why? Because especially, you know, moms know, you know, understand. Maybe a couple of dads know too. But usually we're not quite as attuned to the details. But they're saying there's some very important things that need to be remembered. There's some very important things that need to be remembered. So just before we go, I want to make sure I remind you because this really matters. I want us to look at this verse through this concept because this is really the last thing Jesus said before he ascended to heaven. So this is not just another one of his teachings. This is not just something else that he's like, oh, by the way, I'll just throw this in here. I really believe it's the power of the final words where he's talking to them about something that matters so much, and it's this. It's the call to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, this would be called the Great Commission. I like that word because I like mission. Mission really clicks for me, but he's giving a mission. This is not the Great Suggestion. This is not where Jesus said, well, and if you got some time, here's a little added activity that you can do. 
If you, if, you, if you get around to it, here's something I wouldn't mind if a few of you would try and do. No, this was very much central to the mission that we would make disciples of all nations. Someone say make disciples of all nations. And so it's really important. Now again, in church, sometimes we hear these things and, and we've got to really ask God, God, don't let my heart become hard to these things. Because it can become so easy again for us to go, yeah, make disciples of all nations. Oh, this is what Jesus said we're supposed to do. And so if we're talking about discipleship, we've got to talk about this heart and this concept of saying we're going to make disciples of all nations. But here's the next thing I want you to see with this. You can't make a disciple without being a disciple. And so right at the center of being able to walk this out and be able to live this out is that we've got to embrace discipleship in our lives. We've got to understand that Jesus asked us to go and make disciples of all nations, which at the very root of it means we need to be disciples. And so a question I want you to ask yourself this morning, am I a disciple? I want you to really consider that for a moment. Because I know the church answer is yes, of course, pastor. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, shaka shaka. Right, that's the church answer that we say, I am, yeah, of course. But I don't want us to just jump to that because that's what we're supposed to say. I want us to actually look at our lives today and say, you know, am I actually a disciple of Jesus? Now to properly answer that question, we actually have to figure out what is a disciple. Because disciple is one of those notorious church words that many of us think we know what they mean, but if someone asks us what it means, we go, uh, well, it, uh, it means uh, a follower of Jesus, sort of. We, we just don't know. So what is a disciple? Well, I want to give you a simple definition here. A disciple is a devoted and disciplined follower of Jesus. Let me say that again. A disciple is a devoted and disciplined follower of Jesus. You know, just to break it down a little bit more, it's not maybe known as a scholarly source, but I thought Wikipedia defined something quite well here. So it said this, in the ancient world, a disciple is a follower or adherent of a teacher. Discipleship is not the same as being a student in the modern sense. A disciple in the ancient biblical world actively imitated both the life and teaching of the master. So see that, imitated the life, imitated the teaching. Didn't just go to a class. Didn't just get head knowledge. But there was actually where you would find a teacher or a master or whatever language is used. I mean, it sounds funny in a Christian context, but that's the concept even if some people use the word like guru. It's like this is a teacher that I'm following. This is a teacher that I'm following, but what I'm doing is I'm imitating their life and their teaching. And then watch this. I thought this was a real powerful sentence. It is a deliberate apprenticeship which made the fully formed disciple a living copy of the master. Now I know that could be a little mind-blowing when we say it that kind of language. But that's actually what being a disciple of Jesus is about. Being a disciple of Jesus is actually about saying, I want to be like him. That's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's why Jesus said, not only will you do the things I do, you will do even greater works. Now, I don't know for you, that freaks me out a little bit because I try and picture doing greater works than Jesus. But you know what? I keep stretching my faith for it because he said it. But that's the point of discipleship. Discipleship is not, you know, I just want to kind of learn a couple things. No, you, if you look in the Bible, it's like you leave all and you follow Jesus. And the goal is to understand his teaching, but also to model his lifestyle. 
to live the way that he lived. So I want to ask you again as we're digging into this, ask yourself, am I truly living as a disciple? Do you know that the name Christian, Christian, you know Jesus never used that term? Do you know in the early church, they never actually used the term Christian to, dis, to uh, describe themselves? Now let me give you a caveat. I'm, I'm not here preaching to you should never call yourself a Christian today. It works within our cultural context, but I do want to build some distinction in today because I think that we sometimes fall in the trap of, well, I'm a Christian, and Jesus said, well, I want disciples, though. I don't just want a Christian, I want a disciple. See, the first time a Christian was used was in Acts eleven twenty six. 26. It says, and he found him, brought him to Antioch, and for the whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So notice, they were disciples, but outsiders called them Christians. That's who it was they are called. And interesting enough, when you study it historically, the term Christian was given by outsiders, and it was not actually even a positive name. They were calling them Christians. In other words, they're saying those are those who swear allegiance to this Jesus Christ instead of swearing allegiance to Caesar. So it actually was not a positive name. It was actually a bit of an insult. It was a bit of a slur. I'll explain a little bit more. The second time the word Christian is used is later in Acts. And it's when Paul is speaking to one of the Roman leaders and he's sharing the gospel with him. He said, Paul, do you think you would so quickly convince me to become a Christian? Again, he's using that term. He didn't say disciple, Christian, because it's already there. And then in 1 Peter 4.16, watch what Peter said. However, if you suffer as a Christian... Do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. See, the name Christian or the term Christian was associated with shame. It was from the outside. Now, again, I'm not here this morning to tell you you should no longer be calling yourself a Christian, but I want to work through this exercise because a lot of times we're saying we're settling for being a Christian when Jesus is looking for disciples. So I'm not saying we should never use this term. It works within our, Christian, our cultural context. If you are filling out a survey for the government, they say, what religion are you? You say, disciple. It might get a little confusing, okay? It's, it's okay to check off Christian, all right? Well, that's not what I'm after. But I'm after something more in our hearts because Jesus called us to make disciples, not just Christians. And Jesus called us to be disciples and not just Christians, But my concern today is how many of us are living more as just Christians and not as disciples. Come on, somebody say, I want to be a disciple. See, what what it really is a Christian today anyways. What does it mean you've prayed a sinner's prayer? No, that's good. I'm not against that. But I know a lot of people who pray to prayer at some point. They go, I'm a Christian. But then I watch, I I think Jesus got more for you. And what I'm seeing, you know, some people, being a Christian means I go to church sometimes. Come on, you got any CNE Christians? You don't have to raise your hands. Christmas, New Year's, and Easter, that's when you show up at church. Right? Now, you're here today, so I guess you're not a CNE Christian already. It helps. But there's people, like, it could become very cultural. Like, I just saw, again, won't throw the name out, but I saw, you know, major, major star. Just like last week, this quote came out. She said, well, I'm a Christian. So, of course, I support abortion because that's the values of Christ. And I'm thinking, what Christ are you following? What Bible are you reading? But the problem is it's just cultural. It's kind of like, I'm white. 
I'm black, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a Christian. Or I'm, I, We don't understand where Jesus is saying, no, I'm not looking for Christians. He's like, I'm looking for disciples. I called you to go and make disciples. I've called you to be disciples. Jesus, when he called his disciples to him, he didn't say, I want you. He said, follow me, I will make you. He called us to discipleship. And so a disciple is I'm not just culturally a Christian, but it's I'm a devoted, disciplined follower of Jesus who is being daily formed in the image of Christ, and my goal is to be a living copy of the master. Is that our heart today? Now, again, don't get me wrong. We can all grow. So I don't want anyone to feel today kind of like, oh, just discouraged by the message. It's like, oh, I suck. I'm terrible. Listen, there's Christian. There's disciple. Where are you in the spectrum? But you know what? Today, just go further towards disciple. Go further towards growing. Here's some questions that I think are important for asking ourselves. Number one, to tell are the difference, are you just a Christian or are you a disciple? Number one, are you truly following Jesus? Now, don't give me the quick church answer, because the quick church answer is, yes, of course, pastor. I'm following Jesus. We're following Jesus. You know, that's, it's easy for us to say. But here's the deal. Here's how you know you follow Jesus. When he goes a direction you don't want to go, you still go. Right? There's a lot of people who like the energy around Jesus. They like what they're getting from Jesus. And they're cool with Jesus until he says, like to the rich young ruler, one thing you lack, go sell all you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven, come follow me. Right? Here's the thing. A lot of people are not following Jesus. They are using Jesus to try and make their life better. They're using, because a lot of things work. Don't go to hell. That makes my life better. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That makes my life better. We're in with Jesus as long as we feel like it is benefiting us. It's making our life easier. But all of a sudden, suffering from the gospel. Oh, no, homie, don't play that. Right? Do this. Oh, no, no, I'm not doing that. No, I didn't. God did not. You, it, it, all of a sudden where Jesus says, hey, he asks us to do something hard. He asks us to take a step of faith. He asks us. That's when we find out whether we're following him or we're just using him for what we want. Guys, really catch this today because it's very deceptive. It can catch all of us because you can do a lot of right things for the wrong reason because we're not really following him. I mean, it's something we have to be watching. Pastor Sharon, reflect on Like, I'm thankful for the favor and the momentums here at Toronto City Church right now. I'm thankful it's happening. But here's one of the things we have to guard against. It can be very easy to just get exci- attracted to the energy. Get a, start worshiping worship. We like the energy. We like this. We like that. We like Matthew running around the building. I mean, you know, whatever it is. And, and we're that. But we're not really here for Jesus. We're not really here to lay down our lives to follow him. We're not here, and, and so it's this heart. And so, again, I don't mean this to be a hard word, but, but I do want it to be a, a word that challenges our hearts today. Am I a Christian, or am I a disciple? Another question to ask us, are we really devoted to him? Or again, are we devoted to ourselves, and we're using him to better ourselves? It, it can catch us so quick, guys. And I, don't get me wrong, God wants there to be great things in your life. And God blesses us. And man, following God, I mean, the fruit of it is so much better than the other way. There's so much benefit that comes. But are you in it for the benefit or are you in it for him? Are, are you truly walking as a disciple? This is the challenge that I think each one of us has to put in front of ourselves on a regular basis. So here's the last thought we'll say with this. Is 
one, I think one of the key indicators of actually discipleship, I, a phrase, I said this a couple weeks ago, I think, in church, but it's just been rolling around my mind. The guy, a guy said this, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Carnegie, right? He said, the older I get, the less I listen to what people say and the more I just watch what they do. And you kind of learn this over time. We learn it with ourselves because a lot of times people know the right thing to say. And they say the right thing, but that's why Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? You hear the word, but you don't do the word. That's building on the sand. So, so part of what I think, and this is something I want to I kind of, it's just something I'm praying into this year, and I want to build around this year. Here's, here's a real simple way to know how am I doing in discipleship. It's to look at my spiritual disciplines. No, no, it's not the most exciting topic to talk about in church. Woo-hoo, Pastor Brennan, spiritual disciplines, yeah. But remember, a discipleship is a devoted and disciplined follower of Jesus. So I just, I want to, I don't have time to preach into them too deeply, but I want to share with you seven disciplines of, of followers or disciples of Jesus. And the reason I share this is, number one, it becomes a good filter for you to look at my life and say, actually, is that my life? Here's, here's what I'll propose to you. My proposal at the start, Christians have very little to none of these spiritual disciplines. Quote, unquote, Christians, air quote. Disciples walk in them all. So let, let's talk a little bit about some of these spiritual disciplines. The first spiritual discipline, not in order of importance, they're all important. But the first spiritual discipline is giving. Disciples give. Disciples honor the Lord with their tithes. Disciples give offering. Disciples give sacrificially. The disciples give to the poor and give to those who are in need. Giving is very central to discipleship. There's many Christians who see this optional, but disciples don't. Disciples give. Come on, somebody say disciples give. Let's look at a few verses. I'm just going to let the word talk for itself. Matthew 6, 2 to 4. We're going to do a lot in Matthew here, the Sermon on the Mount. Thus, when you give, not if you give, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 8. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you have all sufficiency in all things at all times. You may abound for every good work. We can go to verse after verse after verse, but guys, discipleship, giving is part of that. It's one of the things that we embrace as followers of Jesus. Let's move to another one. Another spiritual discipline is serving. Everyone say, disciples serve. Matthew 23, 11 says this, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Galatians 5, 13 to 14 says this, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Disciples serve. Christians don't necessarily. And it's amazing to me how often people who follow God, you know, in some form or another, you look and say, okay, let's talk about, you know, where's your giving at? Well, you know, I don't know, just churches and this and that. Okay, well, how are you serving God? How did you serve God this week? Uh, I don't know. Okay, how did, how did you serve somebody else in Jesus' name? Uh, 
I don't know. I said, God bless you to the bus driver. I mean, I'm not sure. You see what I'm saying all of a sudden when the rubber, again, not just what we say, but what we do. The question starts coming, where is so? So disciples give, disciples serve. Number three, disciples fast. Everybody say disciples fast. Matthew 6, 16 to 18. And when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. Now, we just came out of a great season of prayer and fasting. I mean, great's a relative word. Maybe it wasn't so great in some ways, but what God did was great. But we came out, so I think a lot of us are really engaging in this. But I want to encourage you. Fasting was never just meant to be something for the super spiritual, the pastors, the intercessors, those really high up there people. No, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you fast. Jesus even said when his disciples asked, why don't we fast like John's disciples? Jesus said, you don't fast when the bridegroom's with you, but then the bridegroom will leave and you'll fast. There's an element of fasting. So again, I've just simple challenge for us as disciples because we're all tracking something. If I go, yeah, I follow Jesus. Okay, do you give? Well, yeah. do you serve? Yeah. Do you fast? No. <laughs> so exactly what are we following? What are we doing besides getting our get out of hell free card? It might be too hard. Are we good? You guys are really quiet today. It's okay. I just keep preaching. All right. Number four, disciples pray. Everybody say pray. Pray. Disciples pray. This is, again, this is the key. Now, again, we've been in some amazing seasons of prayer and fasting, but here's the danger we have to watch for. There just seems to be this mindset, especially in Western Christianity, that prayer is for a select few of people. The intercessors. Those, those really gifted people. And you talk to a lot of Christians who barely pray. It's like, I mean, guys, how did we get to this place where that was okay? That that made sense, that we didn't go, this, this is really weird. I'm a Christian and I don't even pray regularly. See, there's this element of us going, but why do we get there? Because we live in a culture where the norm is Christians and not disciples. But my prayer and my faith is God is shifting that and he's changing that in this hour. Because God is raising up believers where it's normal for them to be radically generous in their giving. Where it's normal for them to serve in amazing ways. Where it's normal for them to fast and to pray. You know, uh, number five, and I'll just say it again, just keeping it real simple here today. A disciple reads their Bible every day. Oh man, you guys, I just, it was, I don't know, conviction. Every day we read our Bible. But how many Christians don't even read their Bible once during the week? Now, again, please don't feel any condemnation today. If I'm hitting you between the eyes right now, all it is just go, all you need to do is go, okay, well, this week I'll read my Bible. Right? Let me start being a disciple and not just a Christian. But see, disciples read their Bible every day. That's normal discipleship. That's normal, if we could say, true Christianity. It's not normal to barely read your Bible. Now, maybe we've bought into that, but I want you to know today, that's not normal. That's not discipleship. Disciples are in the word. Matthew 4, 1 to 4 says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days a night, there we got the fasting, he was hungry, I guess. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The mouth of God, every word. Guys, it's our daily bread. The reason, I've said this over again, the reason many of us struggle spiritually is we're spiritually anemic and famished because we don't eat the word enough. 
Once a week in the word, it would be just like eating food once a week and then wondering why you have no strength to do the things you need to do. We eat multiple times a day. I would suggest you we need to be in the word multiple times in the day if we're serious about where God's taking us. Read your Bible every day. Somebody say every day. So we're going fa- to give, serve, fast and pray. We're reading our Bible every day. And then here's the next thing I want to encourage you. Again, this is simple discipleship. But share your faith with somebody. Share the gospel with somebody. Can I ask you a question that always convicts me? When was the last time that we shared Jesus with somebody else around us? See, what stats will tell us is very few Christians share their faith with anybody. But you know what? Disciples look for ways to share their faith. Disciples look for ways to share the gospel. Now, I'm more of an introverted person. I, 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 people don't usually understand this about me because I'm up preaching a lot. But naturally, I'm pretty quiet. I can be pretty shy. And I can be really awkward in conversation sometimes. And I just get there. So witnessing can be really hard for me. I don't know where to start. And I'm like, come on, you're a pastor. You're a preacher. You talk all the time. What's wrong with you? But you wrestle. So wherever you are in the spectrum, if you wrestle, don't feel condemned. But growing as a disciple is saying, God, teach me. Jesus, teach me to be a fisher of men. Teach me how to figure out my event evangelism language because you know there's different ways that you can share your faith that work well. Some of you are bold and great at talking and just speaking to people. Others of us have a serving gift and we can serve people. Others of us, we can open the door through praying for people and ministering to people. There's so many different ways that we can do it, but you've got to make a decision. I'm not going to camp out here anymore being a Christian who never shares their faith. I'm going to be a disciple who shares Jesus with those around me. Mark 16, uh, 14 to 20 says, Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclined at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up serpents with their hands. If they drink any poison, it will not hurt them. They'll lay their hands on the sick, and they'll recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he'd spoken this to them, was taken up to heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Guys, I want to encourage this year. We're going to go for it, discipleship. We're building a life of discipleship. Listen, look at your giving and say, okay, where's my giving at? Let me get it in line with God. Look at your serving. Where are you serving God? Where are you serving the kingdom of God? Don't make it, well, I'm busy. I got this, I got that. No, disciples serve. When are you going to fast? What's your prayer life like? Where are you going to, just read your Bible every day. Just get a plan and say, I'm going to start reading my Bible. And then God say, God, this year, I want to see somebody come to Jesus. I want to share my faith with somebody. I want to, I want to see somebody come to know the Lord. I'm going to find a way. This is my heart because I want to be a disciple, not just a Christian. And then the last thing I want to encourage you and we're going to finish this up, and if I think Arnold wants to come back, is embracing community. Now this is interesting. Some of us would not have put this on the list. Giving, yeah, pastor, I'm with you. That's discipleship. Serving, yeah, I get that. Fasting, oh, definitely. Praying, oh, yeah, 100%. Reading your Bible every day, yeah. Sharing my faith with somebody, yeah, okay. But, but community, pastor, is that really part of discipleship? I thought that was just something nice that, you know, we do every once in a while and have fellowship and so on. No, being in community is actually a part of discipleship. Jesus, he, the minute he called disciples, he called them into community. He didn't have one disciple. 
He started calling each other. He, he formed them in community. If we look in the early church, Acts 2, 42 to 47, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, that word fellowship, we've talked about the Greek word koinonia, community, being together, being joined as one, the breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they're selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. All through this passage, you see community, sharing, being joined together. You don't see a kind of Lone Ranger, independent Christianity. Christian, and they know what they're called to give, and they know what they're called to receive. Somebody say embrace community. Come on, say it again, embrace community. You can roll with me here. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Guys, I really want to encourage you in community. I want to encourage you in embracing, reject this mindset that says, it's just me and God, I don't need people. And I know there's church hurt and people hurt, different things we have to work through, but it's worth fighting through and working through those things because when you're connected to where God, we're the body of Christ. It's not supposed to be one part of the body off on its own. We are supposed to be joined together, brought together, and you know what? Jesus is the head, but there's certain things that the head is not just to get to you directly but the head will bring to you through the body when you are properly connected that's the way it works and so many people miss out on so much because they allow the enemy to isolate them from godly community and so i really want to encourage you in this embrace community it's a challenge in our day there's all kinds of reasons not to do it but it's so important that we do that and so in closing can i just ask you this and this is where we're asking ourselves questions today this is the question ourselves are we Christians or are we disciples? And if we honestly look at our life and go, okay, am I giving? Yeah, not really. Am I serving? No. Am I fasting? Definitely not. Am I praying? Well, maybe for my meal. Am I reading my Bible every day? Uh, <laughs> right? Am I, am I sharing my faith? No. Am I really embracing Christian community? Guys, so if we're not saying yes to any of those things, what are we doing? And again, I, I'm not saying this to try and be down on anybody. I'm challenging myself, but it's amazing how many people don't do any of that but say, well, I'm a Christian. But, but what I'm looking for, and I believe in 2024, God's building disciples. God's building lives of disciples. God's building men and women in this place. God's building young people. God's building families who are committed to give, who are committed to serve, who are committed to fast and pray, to read your Bible every day, to share your faith with somebody, and to embrace community. Guys, the reason I want to share this is you can look at that. You say, okay, God, help me to grow in this. Help me grow. Because here's the last thing I want to say. We do not have to do this in our own strength, but it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. The answer today is not to try 
harder, but the answer is to yield more to the Holy Spirit, to be a hearer and the doer of the word, but say, Lord, Jesus, you said you'd make us fishers of men. You'd make us disciples who followed you. And so, Lord, I thank you for helping me to grow in my giving. God, I thank you for helping me to grow in my serving. But here's the key. I need to then hear and obey. Because some people are like, God, help me grow in my giving. And God says, okay, start tithing. You go, no, God, let's talk about something else. All right? Or God says serving. And God says, yeah, okay, well, the church, there's lots of opportunities to serve. Well, God, I'm busy. Right? So God's like, well, you just asked me to help you serve. And then you give me all the excuses why you can't do it. Right? But we're going to be people who give and serve, who fast and pray. Guys, read your Bible every day. And then make it your goal this year. I'm going to see somebody come to the Lord. I'm going to see somebody come to know Jesus and then embrace community. And in closing here, here's an amazing way to embrace community. We're launching connect groups here at Toronto City Church again. And so this is an amazing opportunity. Being here together is an element of embracing community. I'm glad you're here. But there's something, too, about getting into smaller groups, talking, praying together, being known by people, serving. There's just so many things that happen when we're coming together. And so today we're very excited to relaunch and to kind of bring forward for the winter and into the spring our connect groups here at Toronto State Church. And so I want to ask all the connect group leaders, if you want to just get up and come forward and just come here, join me on the stage. We're going to introduce them. We're going to pray over them. But this is an amazing group of men and women who have said they're going to host and they're going to be hosts. And we've got teams working together to create places for community, to create places for people to draw together. And so if you guys just want to keep coming, make sure, everybody, Paul and Vic, if you guys want to come, because the form of that, I don't know if Atlanta's still around too. My wife had her share. And I don't know my wife is, but my wife comes next. So this is amazing. I think we got almost everybody. I was everybody's here. Yeah, you guys, if you want to find your teammate, if you have, if you are doing a team. But this is an amazing opportunity where the rubber meets the road. We say, okay, I'm going to embrace community. I'm I'm going to get connected. And so we've got groups that meet Monday through Friday. We've got groups that meet in person. We've got groups that meet virtually all via Zoom. We've got groups that do a hybrid where they do a mixture of both. There's options for everybody. And then one of the things that we're doing is we're doing men's and women's groups. And so that's just one of the things we felt the Lord has called us to do in this time. Now, it's not because there's a problem with men and women doing groups together, but I'll say from the guy's side, we got all of us as men, we've been talking, and we want to see the men of God in Toronto State Church just go to a whole nother level. There's so much battle and warfare against men right now, and so we want to come together, and we want to challenge each other, we want to encourage each other to be the best husbands, fathers, men of God, business, whatever it needs be as men of God that we want to do that. And so there's a certain element where we're coming together and we need to be able to have the hard conversations. We need to sharpen each other. We need to build each other. And my wife is actually going to come and encourage what was part of the vision for the ladies as they gather. How's everyone doing? We're really excited in this season, um, as Pastor Brendan has been preaching about it, discipleship and about being a true disciple. And one of the things that we recognize in this season of the church, of our church, but the big C, the big church, is that it is awesome and amazing when we come together in this size group, like, you know, this morning, dynamic worship when we're sitting under the word and the anointing. But the new big is small groups. 
And the reason why I say that is because there's something so profound that happens where you sit around a table, around food, hopefully, around something to eat, you know, where you're sitting with people. And the Bible talks about this in Proverbs, that iron sharpens iron. In fact, in the Amplified, it says that iron sharpens iron. And within parentheses, it says, and influences discussions that sharpen one another. And the reality is, is when you sit around tables with people and for us as women and the guys will do their thing, the women will do their thing. And we begin to talk about things that are relevant in our Christian walk, in our journey, whether you are single, a mother, I mean, we're all daughters, you know, all these different things where we begin to influence one another in discussions around uh, lifestyle Christianity. What, what is God saying? The intersection of culture and church, all these different things. And that has great and important value right now. Because the Lord says that he puts the lonely into family. And there's so many people that are walking around feeling like, particularly women, it's like, no one knows me. I I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. I don't feel that what I carry has value. And that's a flat out lie. And the enemy likes to keep you isolated so that that lie grows and that you don't come within the family and the household of faith. And you begin to be strengthened. You begin to grow and you begin to follow God in a way that you probably would have never done alone. I actually believe that the Lord tucks revelation into community. I believe that there are things that you will only encounter in God when you sit around the table and you stare at somebody in their eye and you give them your attention. You move your attention away from yourself to someone other. Because all of us are made in the image of God and you will see the Lord in the eyes of your brothers and your sisters. So I want to encourage you, for us as women, we're going to get together. I've got some writers. We're going to be writing our own content, doing a couple things. It's going to be fun. Find someone that you can link arms with in our congregation and come to a connection group. You may say, oh my gosh, I don't know anybody. I don't want to show up anybody's doorstep. I don't want to do whatever. Just put, put that aside and let this be a year where you encounter the Lord in the context of community. Amen. Everybody say iron sharpens iron. I love that, how it broke it down too. And she was just sharing that with me this week where the Amplified Translation says, and you're influenced through conversation and discussions and what happens. So what I to do, we're going to get all the group leaders to introduce themselves in just a moment and let you know where the group is and so on. But you might be wondering, how can I find out a group to join? It's real simple. If you just go to torontocitychurch.com, on our front page, it has a button you can hit that says, I want to join a connect group. And so when you click on that, it takes you to a listing of all the groups. You just sign up for one of the groups and the leader will contact you with the details. Now, if you need to try a couple out and find the right fit, that's totally fine. But it's an amazing, amazing opportunity. So we're excited about it and we're excited for this amazing team of men and women. You can see the strength, the diversity. It reflects our church so well. And they're here to host and they're here to serve and help create these spaces. And so we're going to pray over them and just bless them as we bring things to a close today. But I want to go down the line, and then I'll come back to you guys at the end. But I want you to go, and what I want you to do is just share your name. I want you to share the night, the time, and the area. Does that make sense? Real simple. So your name, the night, or the day, the time, the area where it's going to be, and then whether it's virtual or in person or a hybrid group. So we'll start with you guys. So my name is Ravon. I'm, I'm doing a, a connect group with Victor here. Um, ours is Monday at 6.30, um, bi-weekly, one physical, one, uh, one online in Markham. 
my name is Mo, uh, and um, my Connect Group is on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m., and it will be one in person, one virtual in Markham. My name is Joel, and my group is 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday evenings virtual. Uh, my name is Timotheus. We'll be doing it on, uh, sorry, we're in North Oshawa, uh, Wednesdays at 6.30, and it will be two in person. Hi, my name is Samina, and uh, meeting Wednesday at 8 p.m. and is virtual. And just a word of encouragement, don't be a lone gazelle. Connect. Hi, um, I'm going to meet twice a week on Zoom. Twice a week. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, twice a month on Zoom and then one week in person and probably that will be on a Saturday here at the church. Uh, yeah, so it's a Wednesday, 7.30 on Zoom, two weeks and one week Saturday morning at the church. Most likely that may be changing, but that's what I'm hoping for right now. Yeah, Don Brophy will be meeting online. Uh, two Tuesdays a week or a month two Tuesdays a month and uh, we'll be meeting at the church here once a month uh, my name is Sean uh, we're meeting Wednesday nights at, at 7 o'clock sometimes it'll be on Zoom and sometimes it'll be in I'm thinking at this point it may be in different men's homes uh, I'm out in Durham so it'll definitely be out there sometimes but I'm thinking of mixing it up so everyone has opportunity to uh, host their home. My name's Rebecca and my group meets here at the church on Wednesdays at 7.30. Um, and what else were we supposed to say? Did I say everything? East York, well, yeah. So we meet here at the church at 7.30. We are, um, we're doing in person. So, okay, it's in person and online, but it's the first week is in person. The second week is online. The third week is in person and online together. But I'm trying to do both in person and online, like all three weeks. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel, and uh, this is Aisha. We're leading a group here at the church on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Odelia Bemba, and I'm here with my co-host, <laughs> Crystal Penrose. Um, we will be hosting Wednesdays um, in the Durham region. It's going to be a hybrid, so two of the Wednesdays will be virtual, and then the third Wednesday will be in person, and that's at 8 o'clock. All right. Um, my name is Paul Newton. I co-host with um, Daniel, brother da Daniel. Hey, yeah. All right, awesome. So uh, we meet on Thursdays virtually, and then in person we meet at um, a Starbucks in North York. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> My name is Noreen, and I host the Joy Ministry, which which um, we reach out to seniors, and we meet on Zoom on Tuesday evenings, and we. It's six, but we're thinking of 6.30. And every other month in the year, we have a, a lunch after the second service, and you're all invited. It's usually in the back here. Hi, I'm Janine, and our location is going to be in Markham. Um, it's going to be hybrid, in person, and online. And we're meeting on Wednesday at 7.30. 
Hi everyone, my name is Goya Goda and I'm looking forward to hosting Young Women. Um, my days are Wednesday and it will be at 7 and we're virtually right now, but we're open to figure it out when we all come together. Uh, Darren and Greg. And we are Scarborough area, Wednesday, 7.30, in person. Anything else? Warden and Shepherd area. Warden and Shepherd area. Uh, this is Kalenia and Naila. Naila. <laughs> uh, we co-host uh, a connect group, and we meet bi-weekly on Thursdays at 7.30 virtually. I also want Paul and Vic to share really quickly. They're, 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 it's kind of the same spirit of things, but it's running the, uh, going to be running the marriage course. So you guys just want to say something quick. Hey, everybody. So Paul and Vic, so we'll be actually, uh, oh, sorry. You'd see me. Uh, so we'll actually be uh, facilitating the marriage alpha course starting this Thursday, but it'll be every other Thursday. Uh, from seven to nine. So as Pastor Brendan was sharing earlier, um, if you're married, you're engaged, uh, it's just a great course uh, to take. It's about, I think, seven, eight, eight weeks about, um, but it's every other Thursday. And there'll be food here. It'll be a great discussion. So definitely come out. If you haven't signed up, you can register online. It's free to register. Uh, just go right to the website and uh, we'll have some fun. And also we'll be uh, doing uh, some marriage counseling as well. So uh, if you want if you or your partner uh, need to go a little bit of counseling, we actually are starting that up as well. So well, if there's anything else I have to say, no. Awesome. And then we have TTW, Transformation to Wholeness. Um, both Len, I don't know if Gabby's here. Do you want to just give everybody a quick understanding as to what that is? Yeah, uh, TTW Transformation to Wholeness. Uh, so it is a small group, uh, four-week intensive uh, that deals with issues of the soul. So out of the verse in Third uh, John, beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So prospering is in relation to our souls. So we dig into the mind, will, and emotions and discovering what is keeping us stuck and hindered from walking in the fullness that God has for us. So that happens. It's going to happen after encounters. Uh, so there'll be opportunity to sign up for that. So, and yes, we just did a soul event yesterday, uh, which was they were all there. Um, it was it was one it was just wonderful. Get a group of women together who are willing to open up and share and like break that isolation, right? And discover, yeah, you're going through that too. Yeah, me too, right? And then, okay, how did you make it through that? Okay, the Lord helped you. Okay, you can help me too. Uh, so yeah, it's just really exciting. It's really exciting. This whole small is the new big. Uh, yeah, so come out to one of these small things that we're doing. Uh, big things will happen in your life. <laughs> All right, we're going to pray. Do you want to just stretch out your hands to these guys? These guys are taking a step of courage and boldness and just really responding to the Lord to open up their lives and their homes to others. So, Father, right now, we just stretch our hands to all of these hosts, these connect group hosts, these leaders. Father, we thank you that, Lord, where there is vision, there is provision. And right now, Father, we ask that you would grant them wisdom beyond their years. Father, as they read the scripture, as they spend time with 
you. Father, would you would you minister to them in a deep way? Father, would you fill their cup to overflowing so that they may water out and pour out to others? And Father, we thank you that your word says those who watered will be watered. So Father, right now we stretch our hands to them. Father, we thank you for a response that is out of their hearts to say, God, I will host you. God, I will host others. And Father, as a result, Father, may you minister to them. We speak abundance over them. Father, over their finances, over their families. Father, over every aspect of their stewardship. Father, would you enlarge the the tent pegs of their dwelling. Father, I pray, Father, for whatever is lacking in their physical bodies, in their emotions. Father, in their spiritual journey, would you bring it to them? Would you minister to them? Father, thank you for the courageous ones that is found in them. And Father, we pray right now that their houses, their spaces would be filled with people that want to pursue discipleship. Father, we break off any level of fear and intimidation and we just say over them to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And Father, we thank you. We just, we, we literally celebrate them as they take this step out in this season. So, Father, we just thank you as we bring things to a close today, God. Even though it's a little bit of a different close, we thank you for the anointing of koinonia, God, and the anointing and grace of building community, of building the nets, God, that are ready for the harvest, of fighting for one another and standing with one another. And so we thank you for each of these hosts, God, but we pray for each one of us. God, break down anything in our hearts that lends towards isolation, that lends towards thinking of only me, myself, and I. God, break that down. Help us to really get this revelation of what the kingdom is like and what it's like to be joined together. And God, not only do we have things to receive, but we have so much to give to others. And so we thank you for this, Lord. We thank you for this day here together. And God, we just thank you for an amazing Sunday as we go forward in Jesus' name. We thank you that small is the new big in Jesus' name and that every member of our church family will get connected in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, amen, amen. Can we just give these guys a hand just as they're stepping up? And so... You guys can head on back. So this week, what we're going to be doing is we're starting and kicking things off. If you want to go to torontocitychurch.com, you can get the information. All the groups are up there. We also have a table out in the lobby where we have a couple leaders. And if you want more questions, if you need to get on a QR code, we've got so you can find out. We can help you find a group and find the right connection for you. Uh, just one more thing, just regarding Joy Ministry, they actually do outreach in seniors' homes as well. So if that's something you're, you're, that is burning on your heart, if you want to get involved in ministering to seniors, they do that as well. You can get more information uh, from my mom. Awesome. Well, God bless you. We are finished today. Make sure get connected, get a group, but it's awesome to have you here today. Let's have an amazing week. Let's have an amazing start again. Alpha's tomorrow night. Marriage course starts this week. Young Adults event is on Friday night. Lots going on. Connect groups are sharing this week. Greet somebody as you go. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Have an amazing night. And thank you for a little bit of the extra time today. We know we took longer to introduce that, but we bless you. And God, God, we're thankful for each of you.